in Jesus' name. Ezekiel 1, verse number 1, and it reads, Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month. I, as I was among the captives, as I was among the captives, by the river of Chabar, that the heavens were opened. As I was among the captives, the heavens were opened. And I, this is Ezekiel talking here, and I saw visions of God. I want to preach for a few moments on a simple subject. Visions among the captive. Visions among the captives. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Many of us, I can even say I've said this myself, have made statements such as, I just can't take it anymore. We've made statements saying, I'm about to lose it. We've made statements, maybe even recently, I've had enough. Many of us have made those statements in our life probably here recently than in past times. You know, these statements are made dealing in a lot of areas in our life. It's not just one area of life we make those particular kind of statements, but it can come in many forms. It can be made about relationships. It can be made about the things that continue to haunt our past or haunt us about the things of our past. It, it can even deal with and come in a spiritual warfare. That the very things that we want to do and try to do, whether it be in the natural or in the spirit, there are certain obstacles that we come up against and it causes us to lose focus to where we begin to say out of our mouth, I can't handle this. I can't take this anymore. I've had enough. I want to say this, and I want to say this very clearly, is that the very adversary that we fight up against every day is waiting on someone to say those words. I've had enough. I can't take this anymore. What am, I, what am I, why am I even trying? It is in that moment when our adversary, who is not sitting next to you, your adversary, who's not your parents, and even your children. Pray for me on that one. But our adversary, the devil, who does not know your future, he only knows your history. He does not know what's going to take place. Even in the next five minutes, he doesn't know. But when you open up your mouth and begin to tell him 
what your future is going to do. I can't take it anymore. Your future just spoke. I can't handle this anymore. Your future just spoke. That's when the adversary jumps in and says, aha, now I've got him. But even if you are here and you've spoken those words into your future, we serve a God that is able to alter anyone, anything, at any time. The beautiful thing about the God that we serve, why we can sing songs and say that he's awesome, is because at any moment when we decide to change our heart, a change in our mind, and therefore our speech begins to change, God then says, devil, you thought you had him, but now I'm going to step in. <laughs> That's why the scriptures say, if God be for you, who can be against you? So if God steps in front of your adversary, the devil, you don't have to worry about fighting the battle anymore because now God has stepped in and said, you just step back and allow me to fight your battle. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, stay focused. That's why the scripture says in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. I want to analyze and break down this scripture here because the Bible says very clearly where there is no vision. Now, vision here means it is interpreted revelation. So where you don't have revelation, understanding of God, what he wants to do in your life. He says when you lose that vision, you perish. Now perish is not speaking of a physical perishment. It's not talking about a death, if you will. But the perish here is interpreted or explained or expounded as losing restraint. So it's saying when you lose the vision that God intends you to see, you lose restraint. It is important to understand that because some of us have got a little lax, loose, if you will. And the only way you can become lax or loose is if you are losing the vision. Because when you lose the vision, you start taking things on your own. And you start trying things that can, you think can help better your situation. And you start relying on other people to try to help you to get you to where you think you need to get to. And there's nothing more frustrating than God giving you a vision and it's not coming to pass in the time that you think it should come to pass. And oftentimes when we have that vision, we get excited. Because we're like, God is bringing me through the situation. But then trouble comes. But then trials come. But then obstacles begin to get in your way and it causes you to lose sight of the vision. See, that's when we become frustrated because we're human. We're flesh. We're going to become frustrated. But we must understand this simple principle that God, when he speaks a word, he speaks it into eternity. 
Meaning that God does not operate in the time frame that we operate in. I don't know about you, but when I want something, I want a microwave answer. I want to push that 30-second button, and in 30 seconds, I want it done. I ain't got time to be coming back, waiting around. But oftentimes, God does not deliver that way. See, sometimes when he speaks a word into your life, you must understand that God will provide the answer when it is the perfect time for you to receive it. But see, in the meantime, it's important for us not to lose focus on what God plans to do with you and I. So I'm trying to help somebody here today to understand where there is no vision, there's no revelation, there's no sight from God, you lose restraint. But somebody ought to say within themselves, you better buckle up, honey, because God's getting ready to take you on a ride that you've never been on before. And if you don't buckle up, you might lose yourself. But if I just stay hold and if I just stay focused on God, I know that he is able to pull me into a direction that I know I need to go into. Hallelujah. And so it is vital that we don't lose the vision because you will lose restraint. The Bible says in Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. God wants to continue to elevate you. He never wants to have you in a place to where you are stagnant where you become complacent. I never want to get to a place in God where I think I have arrived. Anybody that thinks they have arrived, I want to ask them, where have you arrived? Are you dead? Are you in heaven? Because that's the place where we want to arrive to. <laughs> and so when they think they have arrived, I, 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 you may want to be careful hanging around that person. Because the Bible says it is revealed from faith to faith. See, once an individual stops allowing themselves to receive revelation, they have stopped the hand of God in their life. And it is important for us, it is important for this church to be able to see people and to be able to see the city in a way that they don't see themselves. I'm going to say that one more time. It's important for us to see people. It's important for us to see this city in a way that they do not see themselves. Because people can have one vision, but God can give you another vision. I'll prove it to you. It's in Acts chapter number 3. Let's follow me here, starting at verse number 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m., and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gates of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Why was he there? To ask of alms or money of them that entered into the temple. Now look, verse number 3. It says, Who seeing Peter and John... So now the lame man has a vision. About to go into the temple, what is he doing? Asking for money. And then Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John. So now Peter and John now have a visual of him. The Bible says that Peter and John spoke and said, look on us. And verse 5 says, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. 
The lame man had one vision, but Peter and John had another vision. See, the lame man was placed there at the gates of the temple, which is called beautiful, every day, hoping that as the people walked into the church, they would help support him. And that was the vision of himself every single day. His vision never changed. I've come to talk to somebody here today because I'm going to challenge you today about how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. Because he was laid at this gate every single day expecting everything that he expected even in times past. So why should anything change on this day? But on this day, Somebody else looked at him in a different way. See, he still seen himself in need. And that's all he needed. That's all he wanted. He was just trying to receive enough to get him by until tomorrow. And see, that's how some of us live. We try to do just enough just to get us by until the next day. But the Bible says that Peter and John now looked upon him. And they seen something that the man didn't even see in himself. I've come to tell you, you've come to the right place at the right time. Because you are surrounded by people that see you maybe differently than what you even see yourself. You may see yourself as someone that's lost. We see you as found. You may see yourself as blind. We see that you can see. You may see yourself as lame. We see you walking and running. But God is here right now to pull you out of any situation that you see yourself in. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Peter and John said, look on us. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth. How many know it's all in the name? The Bible says he said rise up and walk. The scripture says that he took the man by the right hand pulled him up and lifted him up and immediately. I want you to get that right there. Can I preach this thing how I feel it? I want you to understand that that when Jesus does something and he makes a move in your life it can be done immediately. You hear me? You, that means you don't have to pray a prayer today and then say, well, Lord, whenever you want to do it. See, your faith just spoke into your future. Mm -hmm. But when you believe in God, he can do it immediately. The Bible says immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And what did he do in verse number eight? And he leaping up stood and walked. Wait a minute. You know how sometimes God can do something for you. You don't take off running because is this really real? <laughs> Notice the Bible says he leaped up, stood, because Peter pulled him up. That's why he leaped up. All right? And he started walking like, well, I mean, <laughs> is, is, this a, is this a five-minute healing or is this a, a rest of my life healing? <laughs> Y'all know I'm telling the truth. He said, like, well, let's see. And then the Bible says, then he went into the church. <laughs> see, when you come to the house of the Lord, other people are going to see what you don't see. 
see, we already see the miracle. And when we start seeing the miracle, that's when he started leaping and praising God. You may not see yourself, but we see you already delivered. I wish somebody would get excited, clap your hands and magnify the Lord and know that he's going to do it in advance. The Bible says in verse number nine, and all the people saw, saw him walking and praising God. See, now the people begin to see what Peter and John already seen. But what we must understand is that when we come together as one like we have here today, when we begin to believe God and be together and trust God, no matter outside influences, no matter anybody else that tries to tell us that it cannot happen, we believe in a God where he allows it to happen. That when we become one, the devil gets mad. Oh, yes, he does. He gets upset. The scripture proves it in Acts chapter 4. And the thing about it is, is that the adversary, our enemy, will use anybody he can. The scripture says, and as they spake in Acts 4 verse number 1, as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Notice the scripture never said a devil, a demon, people. Look, being grieved that they taught the people. And preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So what did they do? They laid hands on them and put them in hold. Hold means prison. They threw them in jail. Why? Because verse number 17 says, they told them, don't spread this no further among the people. So they threatened them that they speak henceforth to no man in that name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John begin to protest. Oh, you better read your Bible. Uh-huh. Oh, I agree with protesting. Now, I don't agree with just stealing. <laughs> just, just breaking into buildings and just taking what you want. I said, well, my God, they should be good for a couple months. <laughs> and took everything out the store. But we must reserve the right to protest. We speak up for what is wrong. And we stand for equality, not inequality. The Bible says that Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, we protesting. Judge ye. We're going to listen to what God tells us to do. I want to help somebody here today because many of us need to make a decision in our life. Listen and listen to me well. Many of us need to make a decision in our life. And the people around you may not like the decision. But you don't make a decision based off what other people think you should do. I'm a, I'm a testimony that if I would have listened to other people tell me what to do, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Amen. 
Lafayette would have never been my wife and I's and my family's destination if I would have listened to other people. But we must listen to the voice of God. People will tell you their opinion with emotion. Oh, can I, can I talk in here? They will tell you your opinion. It may sound good, but it's emotion. Especially when it comes from close relatives. Oh, yes. Some of your closest people will harm you the most. And what comes out of their mouth may even be true. It may not be a lie. May not even be wrong for you, but what's right for you. And because of emotion, emotionalism, see, that takes people the wrong way. Oh, but pastor, I'm in love. You better calm yourself down. Real quick. You pray? Well, yeah, I mean, pastor, I just, he loves me. Sit down, sit down. Emotion. It causes people to do things that they wish they never would have done. And people make decisions emotionally and not godly. Somebody here today is going to make a godly decision. I know, I feel it. But don't allow other people to hinder what God is dealing with you about. No wonder the scripture reminds me and says, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Because oftentimes I must rely on the greater one than the one that is in the world. They're going to get upset. The Bible says that they threaten them. Don't teach no more. Don't talk about this man, Jesus. Don't do it anymore. But Peter and John, they protested. Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you be the judge. And the Bible says in verse number 29, after they went through disputing and they couldn't find any fault in Peter and John, they kicked them out the temple. The Bible says, and now, Lord, Peter and John begin to speak up. Behold, they're threatening us. They're trying to get us to be quiet. They're trying to get us to not talk about you. Now, Lord, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Help us, God, to have boldness to make the right decision. Help us, God, to have boldness to be able to speak Jesus everywhere we go. I'm telling you, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So no matter if I'm in my home, if I'm on a street corner, if I'm in a grocery store, if I'm around people that don't believe, it's Jesus. That's who is in me. It's Jesus. That's why you see me the way you see me. It's Jesus. It's no goodness of my own. I am nothing without him, but with him, I can do all things. And when you step up for Jesus, and when you make a decision for Jesus, let's go to Acts chapter number 5, verse 14. This is what happens. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. See, that's why I say you've got to make a decision on your own. See, when you get yourself right, God will then use you to attract other people. 
But see, I can't attract nobody to change until I change myself. I can't attract anybody to a different way if I'm still living the same way, if I'm still doing the same thing. But once I give my life to Jesus Christ, see, God changes my walk. He changes my talk. He changes my speech. And then people can look at me and say, what is wrong with you? There's nothing wrong, but there sure is something right. But this thing that's right on the inside of me, it's all about Jesus. And the same thing that happened to me, it can happen to you, my friend. God is able to change your walk. He's able to change your talk. He's able to change everything about you. Somebody clap your hands and magnify the name of Jesus. But we must have a vision among the captives. You must have a vision among the captives. For the Bible continues to say that they were so frustrated because multitudes of people were believing them that they threw all now of the apostles in prison. First it started with just Peter and John. But then now they got so mad because of their influence, they put everybody in prison. But the Bible says that an angel, in verse number 19, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors. Now, I don't want to have to go to prison to experience this, but that had to be pretty amazing. <laughs> They're all in prison. And here comes an angel. Didn't need a key. Opens the door. The Bible says, and brought them forth and said, go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Go preach. Go testify. Go give your testimony. Go tell other people. Because when God gives you a vision, there's not a devil in hell. There's not a person. There's nothing that can stop the vision. So I've come to ask a question of somebody here today. Where's your vision? What are you seeing of yourself? When you look at yourself in the mirror, what are you seeing? What is your vision among the captives. Notice the Bible says, if you was to put up Ezekiel 1 and 1, the Bible says Ezekiel said, I was among the captives. Ezekiel never opened up his mouth and said, I was captive. You see that? He said, I was among them. E Ezekiel was in captivity, y'all, just so y'all know. But he says, I was among the captives. He never said he was in captivity. He never spoke that out of his mouth. I was among them, and I saw visions. I'm telling you, somebody's about to get a new vision here today. God is getting ready to rearrange how you view yourself and see yourself today because you cannot lose 
the vision. You cannot lose what God is dealing with you about, what you've been seeing and what he's been putting into your spirit. Even though you're around captive, even though you're around people that are losing their mind, my mind must stay on Jesus Christ. Even though you're around people, their hearts are breaking, my heart does not have to be captive. I can be among the captive, but my heart can be free. Even though I'm around people that are losing the faith, but my faith will stand firm in Jesus Christ. And I will continue to go after him with all of my heart. Even though the world is disunified, we can still say I'm in unity with Jesus Christ. Even though the world is fighting against each other, we can say we have love one to another. Even though the world is doing everything they can to try to bring understanding, we know the God of our salvation gives all understanding because I can be among the captives and never be captive in my life. I've come to challenge you today in the spirit vision. Do you have a vision? Do you have a vision? How do you see yourself? Do you have a vision? I know captivity is all around you. I know people are saying things all around you. Trust me, my family is too. But they're being held captive by their words. And they're being held captive by their actions. But I refuse to be held captive. I can be among people of captivity, but I will be set free. I can be among people that talk negatively and look down on people and talk all crazy. But I can be set free by the Spirit. Because I have a vision. Where's the vision of your family? Is your vision right? Where's the vision of your loved ones? Is your vision right? Where's the vision of your healing that God promised you? Is your vision still there? Is your vision still right? What about your deliverance? What about your salvation? What about being baptized in his name? Is your vision right? What about healing to your body? What about your spouse, your husband, your wife? Is your vision right? You better stop patting around, sitting around moping, sitting around saying, woe is me, sitting around saying, well, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have luck at all. Don't speak that into your future, but you better rise up today and say, my vision is changing. I'm not looking those way that I used to look at myself, but I'm going to have a new way, a new look, a new vision. Because your vision should come from God. When God gives you the vision, you hold on to that vision. Church, I said you hold on to that vision. Doesn't matter what happens around you, you hold on to that vision. The king of Syria was so upset because of Elisha. That the Bible says that he sent a host of horses and chariots to surround Elisha. Elisha was a prophet of the Lord, and the king didn't like this prophet. So the king of Syria sent people check him out, ultimately to take him out. Elisha had a servant. The Bible says that this servant stepped out of the home, the tent, if you will, the place where they stayed. And he went out and seen that they were surrounded because the king intended for them not to leave that place. 
They're going to kill both of them. The Bible says that the young servant ran back to Elijah. Master, we are surrounded. There's nowhere for us to go. You imagine the nerve, the nervousness that's in this young boy? Here he is just trying to do the best he can to serve a prophet of God, do what he thinks is right before God. Has anybody here ever been in a place where you're trying to do right, but it seems like you're surrounded by so much evil? And you're wondering, why am I even trying to do right then? Because every time I take a few steps forward, and now the servant is surrounded by evil, surrounded by people that's want to take him out. Ah. But the Bible says that Elisha went to the Lord and said, Lord, I pray thee, open up his eyes that he may see what I see. That's why Elisha wasn't worried. There was no panic because he had a different vision. The Bible says when the young man's eyes were open, he seen horses and chariots, but it wasn't the same horses and chariots that the king sent. But these were horses and chariots that God sent. And the Bible says that these horses and chariots were all around Elisha. The scripture says they were horses and chariots of fire. So even when the king thought he had the upper hand, those people that came See, they didn't see. They didn't see what God has sent. They didn't even know. But they were to try to cross that line. Elisha said, don't worry about it. I've got a different vision than what you see. But now I want you to see what I see. God has this all in control. God is getting ready to show somebody a different vision. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. I feel the power of God in here. Come on, I feel the power of God in this place. Lift your hands right where you are. Come on. God, give us a vision among the captive. Help us, Jesus, right now, Lord, not to see ourselves the way we've been seeing ourselves. But help us, Lord God, in our homes, in our families, in our own personal life naturally, in our life spiritually. Give us a new vision, Lord. Help us, Jesus, to see what we need to see. Not pay attention to those individuals and people that try to speak into our lives, oh God. But help us, Lord, to make up our own mind, oh God, our own decisions to walk uprightly before you. In the name of Jesus. I don't know what you need from God, what vision you need, but I want you to step out by faith right now. 